Hi, and welcome back to season two of the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalog of stories, testimonies, and inspirational content that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing Gather news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. So for today's episode, we have a very special guest. She is a woman of renown, a builder, a mover, and a shaker to her core. She is an internationally recognized leader known for her leadership development skills and for building healthy, effective, efficient, forerunning teams in the midst of growth and change. She is a recognized ministry leader and teacher, passionate about developing and multiplying leaders. She she holds multiple degrees and certifications from her Master of Arts in Ministry to her PhD in Pastoral Ministry with an emphasis in leadership. Nancy serves alongside her husband, Jeff, as the president of Hidden Value Group, focusing on education and humanitarian aid around the world, bringing healing, health, and hope to organizations and schools. And as a lead consultant and In the nonprofit and higher education industries, Nancy works with Stanton Chase Los Angeles, serving clients in Orange County, California, and Los Angeles. Nancy also serves as a leadership expert with an emphasis on mental health and beating stress and burnout for WellCOA. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it stands for Wellness Council of America, (laughs) as well as a member of the AAS Task Force for Improving Mental Health Access to Resources for Veterans. But perhaps we are most biased here on the podcast at Gather because our guest is also an advisory board member for us and our leadership team, and we are all about spreading radical love to women around the world, and she is so helpful to our team. She has provided such wisdom. We love her so much, and it is an utmost pleasure as we warmly welcome a beloved and bold woman of action, our very own Dr. Nancy Jernigan. Welcome. Thank thank you, Lauren and Morgan. Great to be with you today. Excited about the conversation. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Just such a well of knowledge and just wisdom. So we're going to dive right in. So you are very dear to me personally because you have been someone that I've known for a long time and just a little bit of background. Nancy and I really got to know each other because we went to Rwanda together. So we went on a trip way over there um, doing some different work. And she and I just really clicked and we've been friends ever since. Um, and she is someone that I just really admire, really look up to for her faith, for her walk, for all the things that she's done. And I'm just so excited to have you here today. So this is such a joy. Thank um, you. But yes, we, we have great memories. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, we love to start with our guests, just talking a little bit about where you come from and your upbringing um, and how maybe that's informed the work that you do today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Nancy. Wow. Well, I did grow up in the Chicago area, even though I consider myself a California girl now because I've been here many, many years. Grew up in the Chicago area, um, outside of Chicago, spent many years um, rollerblading and playing ultimate frisbee. And (laughs) probably all my athletic interests started there as well. Um, 
went through college and then ended up working with Christianity Today and subsequently um, being, um, con- being recruited from Christianity Today to focus on the family, which brought me to Southern California. But I think that was instrumental is because I was already working at a very young age in faith-based organizations and accepted as a leader, one of the very few women at the table, almost all of, you know, table of men back in the earlier days. Yeah. And so a lot of that was very formative in who I was and just um, understanding how my faith influenced my work and yeah. um, the work that I did and just being a woman and what that looked like um, in the corporate world right outside of college. So I um, left everything that I knew in Chicago, all my dearest friends. I had a really pretty close, tight-knit group of friends in Chicago who now have gone all around the world as well, but came to Southern California and just really um, connected with the Southern California lifestyle, with the people here, and um, loved being near the beach and so all that just was a part of uh, my formation. I was single till a little bit later in life. And you'll probably hear some illustrations about meeting Jeff and my relationship with Jeff and meeting him through Focus on the Family. He's a California boy bred through and through and taught me how to rock climb. And rock climbing is a big <laughs> part of who I am now. In fact, we just had a conversation about that recently. And so I love adventure both um, in the workplace and out and about um, rock climbing and playing tennis and just whatever, having fun outside as well. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So it was later in life that I went back and finished my master's degree and then went back um, to get my PhD in pastoral ministries and knew at that time that I really wanted to spend a lot of extra time studying leadership development, my dissertation is around leadership development and multiplication, generational multiplication. So I believe a big part of leadership development is bringing others along, raising others up, empowering Mm -hmm. other um, women in particular to be leaders and influencers. And so my emphasis on leadership development isn't just on the characteristics and the qualities of a leader, but how do you reproduce that? How do you multiply leaders and pour into other people? I think that's a big part of it. So good. Yes. That's Love great. That. So like leadership sustainability. Yeah. Sustain, well, sustainability is important. Um, sustainability is how a leader sustains. Uh, you know, it has uh, overlapping concepts of resilience as well, because to sustain that, to sustain leadership development takes um, certain qualities of resilience and and hang, you know, hanging in there and being able to get through hard things, being able to be courageous because um, like one of the things we talk about in my latest blog is about you're going to come in your life, you'll probably hit a, a, what we call a crux in rock climbing. It's called pulling a roof. And one of the things that happens is you usually in rock climbing, you hit a place where you go, I don't think I can go past this. I don't think I can get a little around this. It's too hard. You know, we were talking about whole handholds and footholds and how do you get around that? Well, that happens in life and as a leader. You may be um, in a situation where people are lying about you or you may be in a situation where it's just 
hard and not everybody's on the same page. And how do you get around that? How do you get through that situation, whether it's at your job, at a church, in a ministry, because it happens everywhere. It happens in yeah. the middle of a church, happens in nonprofits, happens in the corporate world. And so how do you keep up that sustainability? You keep up working hard to get through those hard things. So you have mm-hmm. a good point there, Morgan. I mean, we and we're all right in the middle of that. Like this pandemic that we're, you know, on the maybe the backside, but who knows? But because we don't know what you know tomorrow will hold. But all we've been through is building resilience and seeing how we handle the pressures of life and physical and mm-hmm. corporate and you know, all these things are stretching us. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really showing what we're made of, good and bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this season, we are talking about health, which is an experience you ha- or which is an area you have a lot of experience in, um, from your mental health training, teaching veterans, as well as leadership counseling, and so many other areas. Um, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you've learned in the area of mental health and how you navigate teaching and training others in this area. Great. You know, um, as I've continued to read more, study more, learn more about um, mental health, really the things that I find most um, receptive are some of the basics that are kind of like the low-hanging fruit. You've already been talking about some of them. The idea that to um, de-shed some of the stress we need to exercise, we need to eat well, we need to have a good nutritional plan, we need to be in good community. That idea behind community is not just, oh, I need some good friends, but literally a good, strong community that will grow emotional health and will help you sustain through hard times. Your community is critical, and I'd like to unpack that a little bit when we talk about healthy relationships too. Because that can mean some hard um, shifting of who those relationships are. Because our community is so critical to how we move forward, the health of who we are, and how we influence others. If there's people in our community that are just um, having a negative effect or taking us in places that we shouldn't be following or going, that can truly make a difference in our mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, and another aspect the community does for mental health is um, processing. So mm-hmm. we all talk about how we need to talk things out. We need to talk things through as, as girlfriends, as peers, as corporate associates. But literally the concept of processing, talking something through, literally helps your brain put mm-hmm. everything in its proper place to be in a healthy place to move forward. So Mm -hmm. you've probably noticed when you tell a story, when you tell a situation, what's going on and you're talking it through and you can see how you're processing, you literally shed things that you go, well, I don't think that's right. And you literally can put them out of your thoughts. You can put them out of your brain. And so you're in the middle of processing. You're shifting through what you really believe and what you don't believe. You're throwing out the bad and you're keeping the good. You're keeping the good, mm. solid thoughts that you want to own. So that processing is critical in mental health. 
in addition to, you know, sleep and nutrition, all those things we just talked about, those are way yeah. more important than we've really let on. We just thought they were nice, you know, good nutritional right. thoughts. But really, they're critical to healthy lifestyle and healthy yeah. relationships. Yeah, that's good. I Yeah, I love that. And I want to just kind of piggyback off of that, too. You know, when you think about um, beyond just mental health, but when you think about some of the healthiest leaders that you know and that you've seen or that you've trained, what qualities do you feel like they hold? What does a healthy leader really look like? Because I think that's something we're all trying to navigate, especially as a team walking through this series. We're like, okay, what does it look like for us to now have healthy leadership to implement the things that we've learned personally um, and take right. them into our, our leadership? So what, is that, what does that look like? What do you, what do you think? Well, um, I have a few thoughts along that line. Number one, I do think healthy leaders make the best are the best examples of healthy relationships because when you're working hard at being a good leader, helping others, multiplying others, usually you're working hard on yourself. And so to begin that concept is a healthy leader is strong, secure, not perfect by any means but working on themselves personally. In order for me to help anybody else, I have to be in a good place myself personally. That doesn't mean I have to be perfect and have it all down, have all the answers, but I need to be in a secure place that I'm not, I don't have habits and I'm not doing things that hurt others because I am um, unsure of how to handle something. And that doesn't mean that, once again, I'm always perfect in that. But I'm secure in my own skin. I know who I am. I know my strengths. And I know my weaknesses. And that's not a bad thing. But that gives me the ability to be my own best person so I can then help others. So being secure, and it doesn't mean perfect, but and it's strong in your own way, because someone can be more of an introvert than an extrovert. So strength can look different for all different types of people. You can still be a quieter person. Somebody can be a more vocal person. But you know when someone is comfortable on their own skin. They, they, um, they've maybe even been through some of the hard things. We've talked about that at Gather before. You know, you've navigated some of the hard stuff and you've taken the time, not that we're finished by any means, but you've taken the time to deal with what you can as of now. Yeah, that's great. The only other thing I was going to add is that requires um, a a significant amount of emotional intelligence. You know, we talk about EQ. So you have to have a good understanding, a good uh, understanding of reality, both ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not only are you incredibly wise about leadership, as you've just shared with us, um, but you are also an expert in relational health. And you and your husband travel around the world together and teach and partner in a lot of ways. And um, we'd love to just hear how that's been working alongside your husband and having a partner um, in this journey. Yeah. Well, so when I met Jeff, Um, One of the first things I observed even before I started dating him is that he got along really well with people. He encouraged people well. (laughs) I watched him with people. And so that's the thing that's been so encouraging throughout our whole dating, um, engagement, and marriage. And now we've been together almost 30 years. And 
I would say that he is just, he's clearly my hero, the smartest man I know, my best friend. Um, I call him um, my hero aficionado. It's like he is so, it's so, he has the wealth of knowledge, so much of what I've learned. And even getting my PhD, he cheered me on. And um, I don't think I could have done it without him and his um, just support. And he's so encouraging to others. And, you know, it takes a strong man to handle a woman who is, you know, maybe has a little of her own (laughs) strength and old courage and is not intimidated to go rock climbing. And, And he just, like, lets me be who I am. And so that... Yeah, the question you're asking, Morgan, about doing the, that side by side, you know, we're both strong. So it's not like we never run into, you know, a crux on the rock, but figuring out how to navigate that. In fact, um, so one of the conferences we teach on, we just did a conference over Zoom with um, Rwanda couples, and we've named it I Choose Us. And we were actually right in the middle of this conversation mm-hmm. of, I was looking at pursuing life coaching certification and we were going through all these things and we couldn't quite navigate them and we kept running into little roadblocks and we both stopped and Jeff just stopped and said, you know what, we'll figure this out. What I do know is I choose us and we're going to figure out how to get through this. And so I think that's the best way to just yes. kind of describe. And, and now we teach that together. And, and even now is where we've been together so long and trying to navigate, we're both learning new things. He's got to stop and breathe once in a while and let me speak into things. And I've got to let him lead in different yeah. ways. And, it, you know, it's not like it's a perfect dance, but he is so open to navigating that with me and allowing me to grow and expand um, right as he's doing the same. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, you both, knowing you both yes. fairly well at this point, <laughs> um, both very strong leaders. And I think something I love about Jeff is he's just not, he's not intimidated by you. He is like inspired. He's inspired by you and he just lets you run and encourages you to do so. And I just, I think that's so cool because I think what you were talking about earlier with like a leader, strong leaders being secure, yeah. when insecurity is there, I feel like it's easy to to want to like, dim someone else or dim your partner even especially like if there's insecurity in you about your own ability to lead you know it's it's intimidating to have someone that's a strong leader so I just I love that Jeff doesn't he doesn't do that he doesn't like try to diminish you he like actually just probably even like takes even more off of you to let you shine even brighter so it's really and how I even got into the (laughs) mental health industry um I was at a few events with Jeff at Welcoa and, and they, because of my leadership development background, they said, will you come along and will you do this? And will you write some of the articles yeah. on your own? And re- and like, he just lets, opens those doors with them. And so that all happened just almost organically, naturally coming out of leadership development, because I really do believe mental health is critical yeah. in today and understanding what that means, whether it's a dating relationship, marriage, or you're leading a big, huge team, we have to have that understanding of what yeah. is mental health. And then um, the ability to um, yeah. ex- be an example of what it means to be okay about it. You know, we talk yeah. about um, uh, just having an yeah. attitude, even in the corporate workplace, of not a stigma 
on mental health, but addressing it and being courageous yeah. to look at it, address it, yeah. um, talk about it, even in hard, difficult conversations, and not put, yeah. not adding that negative stig- stigma that's already there. And so, breaking down those stigma thoughts and yeah. places is a big part of what I love to do as well. Just breaking down those barriers, whether they're in diversity, equity, inclusion, or mel- mental yeah. health. Yeah, yeah. You, I imagine, because you do that all over the world. There's different stigma that comes in different areas of the world yes. too. Different cultural yes. things that you have to yes. sort of navigate. We were well. speaking in um, Moldova I, on yeah. mental health. I don't know if you've heard this story, Lauren, but we were speaking in Moldova, this country right next uh-huh. to Ukraine, Nancy, where they were Nancy, having. Nancy, I've been to Moldova six yeah. times. <laughs> no way! Yeah. No way! We got to talk so about random? that. <laughs> That's so random because most yeah. people don't were even you in, know. Were you in Kishnow? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we were speaking at the Ministry of Defense, um, teaching mental health mm-hmm. um, and how to avoid stress and burnout to the military. Men and women, colonels, this woman who was a colonel running this room, she was <laughs> phenomenal. And she just was so encouraged to have a woman there speaking on mental health as well. Jeff had gone to the first um, mm-hmm. session, first time we spoke at Ministry of Defense. Jeff um, went with the head of Olive Branch International, Bruce Kittleson, and a few others. Um, but I was speaking there, and I was talking on resilience. And this is, I mean, these are movers and shakers in the military dealing with mental health. And they were like, resilience? What's this word, resilience? They like... They, they literally didn't have the word resilience in their wow. vocabulary. Morgan, we got to talk about, because they need, wow. so there's so much mental health <laughs> support they need. There's so much stigma. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, right? I want to touch on something you just said, which is if you're going to go into other cultures and other countries, you want to have a healthy sense of self. Mm-hmm. And I imagine too, you and Jeff teaching together also need to have a very solid, strong relationship because when you're coming up against just your, you know, you're traveling, you're, you're teaching, you're, you're teaching about healthy relationships. And so you have to have also <laughs> be putting that into practice. And so what do you think is sort of, you know, some of the key ingredients for a healthy relationship and how, do you and Jeff put that into practice? But also, you know, what, what would you say, being an expert in this, you know, what is what are some key ingredients for healthy relationships? Well, I think we started to talk about this earlier. The ability to raise other up, others up, whether it doesn't matter what age group it is, but that, um, the heart of that also goes into the heart of a marriage. So the fact that I want to mm. let Jeff be his best self, I want to let people see how where his talents are where he can help people and so if I'm naturally helping that because that that does happen when we're all around the world it could be in an airport it could be on an airplane or it could be at our destination if I'm helping usher that Mm -hmm. that helps in conversation and it helps in teaching and then he's doing that with me so that whatever is in us that says Mm -hmm. I want to build others up I do, I, I kind of go to um, Philippians chapter two, talks about don't just think about the interests of yourself, mm-hmm. think about the interests of others. So I think yeah. that's a big piece of a marriage yeah. and then going around the world teaching and helping others. Mm-hmm. 
we are thinking of the interests of the other person, yeah. not only of ourselves. And um, so that talks about humility. Yeah. And and our we we touched upon this a little bit, but ego is such an important part of who we are. But ego can either be your ego can be empty yeah. or it can be centric. We talk about egocentric is when you're just going me 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 and just all about me and how that's not a healthy thing. Yeah. But if your ego empty, if you are so um, insecure in who you are, it's hard to let other but other people in. So that humility is like wow. if you take a um, scale. And, you know, you put those little levers right in the middle, somewhere in the middle. You've got a nice ego that is yeah. okay to encourage others, to allow others to soar and to be quiet once in a while and let others speak. And then the other person letting you do that. I think Jeff and I somehow have been blessed with the ability to handle that dance. And if we have a, a, a day that we're a little less secure, that the yeah. other one can step in. And then if, and then maybe we even have yeah. um, little signals that we can tell when someone has a little less um, um, ego, good ego in their day that encourage them and build them up. So, you know, they mm -hmm. can feel that we're there cheering them well, on, um, giving them the strength to, because yeah. when you travel, days can be all yeah. different. You can run into problems left and right. So, you know, we can't, and you don't all know every yeah. airport. And so being able to be, you know, we like to picture shoulder to shoulder, like, or even back to back. We're going to deal with problems. Oh, we talk about the idea of tri triangulation. I think we talked with Lauren about this. When we come up with a problem, we do our best to put that problem on the other side of the fence and deal with problems shoulder to shoulder, side by side, not putting the problem in between us. And so when you're in the middle of running into problems, whether it's here or internationally, understanding what we do, because they can come at you from nowhere. All of a sudden, some you can be, you can, a, a normal connection should mean to take you to Prague or to, um, I think we were on a flight and we, we were meant to go to Brussels and they tried to send us to India. And we're like, no, we can't go there today. That's not going to work. They tried to like, it was just a crazy thing. And so Jeff and I had to figure out side by side, how are we going to deal with these airport issues and flight issues? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. The triangulation thing is very, yeah. very good. Very real. And we, I put that into practice a lot because I think it's, it's so easy to get to be like you're yeah. the enemy instead of like actually this problem yes. is the is the problem like yes. you're not the problem the problem's the problem and the more you the more you put things between yes. you like the more builds up so it's that is just such a practical thing and standing shoulder to shoulder like sometimes I'll literally do that with people or in my relationship I'm like we're gonna sit we're gonna sit side by side and we're gonna like literally just yeah. like physically we're gonna look at this you know together like we're not gonna I'm not gonna look at you I'm gonna we're gonna think about this in, in front of us and that just is so helpful um, to just like break down and to take you know so that's where disunity happens right so we just like cut things so kind of building off of that I am very literal um you know as you know very analytical and I like steps um because I like control <laughs> um so <laughs> I would love to hear 
I would love to hear about some of your thoughts on healthy communication, um, because especially when you're in a disagreement. So one of my big, um, my one of my like things I really struggle with is expecting the other person to read my mind. Like I don't want to come across as needy or um, vulnerable or basically having any needs whatsoever as a human being. So I just expect the other person to read my mind. And then when they don't live up to the expectation that I put on them, which has not been vocalized whatsoever, I get upset. Um, So I would just love to hear a little bit about how you would encourage us to like express our needs and wants in a, in a relationship in a culture that's so, you know, just kind of disdains like basically like you being a human being that has needs and isn't just like a machine. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. Well, Morgan, that's really critical. And I think it's great, critical to be healthy. You need to be able to articulate needs and um, because to say I don't have needs, um, it, it just is not realistic, right? So to figure, to say I've got it all figured out, we all would love to say that, but it's just not realistic. One of the things that we teach in I Choose Us is understanding the difference between a need, a want, and then assumptions along the way. And so if you can separate needs and wants and can even articulate what is a need, like what do we need right now, truly what's a need, and that would take a little probably deciphering versus a want. And so because of a, in our culture, you know, we've got lots of needs, but really we also have lots of wants that aren't full needs. And so being able to decipher what's a need, what's a want, And then the reason um, we talk about or I talk about assumptions is because there could be an assumption I have that I have a certain need and I want Jeff to help meet that. And it really is not a need. It's a want. And it's not critical to our relationship. It's not critical to our life. So being able to assess and and we started talking about this with, with the triangulation, being able to visualize something and or put a word down, why we journal, why we write things down. Why would you write down needs versus wants? Because once you can write them down, visualize, you can address things so much better than just a vague generality out there. So when we can visualize something and then understand what that means, for me, I'm very visual. So if I can write a list of needs and if I can write a list of wants and what are my assumptions, I can understand, well, I can give up this and this and this today. We can put that off. That really is a desire, a want. Mm-hmm. And, and then let's talk through the needs. Let's even talk through the desires and the wants. And then and if you're talking about um, a significant other, a husband, a boyfriend, or even, you know, girlfriends, I think we're not necessarily trained to talk these through things through with girlfriends. We can talk those through, visualize what that means, you can address them so much more easily. Yeah. That is so helpful. Thank That's you. Amazing. Sometimes I feel kind yeah. of crazy for like the yeah. things that I write down, but I appreciate you validating me. <laughs> Completely. And and I think you're not the only one. So if you were to share with, you know, a good friend who's trusted and respected those thoughts, they would say, 
I've had the same things. I've had similar thoughts. I don't think anybody has that different thoughts than one another. They're, they have their own take on them. They have their own personalities to them. But I think we all struggle with pretty similar desires, wants, expectations. Mm-hmm. The thing about assumptions and expectations, yeah, when I have assumption and expectations, it could be way up here and really a more realistic expectation of that person could be just down here. And this is still good. Like, you know, I, Jeff would just want nothing better than to please me, mm-hmm. to work hard, to fix everything in the house. And I probably sometimes have expectations too high because he's going to do his best to meet them. And so if I bring them down once in a while, if the, if the right. chart is going here and I'm, I'm, my expectation is here and I bring it down, not because I'm lowering my, um, my um, morality or values, just lowering my expectations so that I'm good with where he's at, I'm good with mm-hmm. what he's doing, or that can be applied to any right. relationship. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Nancy, just kind of on that. Yeah. So good. On that, do you like something that I feel like I constantly am trying to learn and ask is just like sort of the line between like grace and standards. Mm. Like we are to give grace or to forgive. Like no one is perfect. You know, there's going to be people are going to slip up. They're going to mess up. They're not always going to, you know, follow through or whatever. Um, so there's grace, right? But then there's also like standards, like, okay, this is something that I know that I need in a relationship or that I want. And I think I always am constantly like, okay, where's that line? Because I know this person's not perfect, but I also know that I have things that, you know, I want to hold to. And so would you say, yeah, what would you say to that? Like, do you feel like there is a line? How do you feel like you navigate that? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would start with all behavior has purpose. So if you think about all behavior has purpose, so if you're talking about a grace versus standards, and everything we do and others do, all of it has a purpose. There's a reason behind it. So all God has ever given us is grace, kindness, and mercy. He, all he offers us is grace, kindness, and mercy. And so my goal is to only offer people grace, kindness, and mercy. But when we're talking about a significant relationship, one of the things that drives that is values. And so back to your standards versus grace. So when at the very beginning of this podcast, we were talking about our own being secure in our own self. Part of that is values. We have certain values and the goal is to end up with someone or to be dear friends with people who share our values. Because I do believe holding Mm -hmm. to your standards, depending on what that means, is critical. But we have to be careful what Mm -hmm. that means in the relationship. And I do, I would actually say that that line is very, very fuzzy. It's not a clear, a clear, crisp line, grace Mm -hmm. and standard, because it depends on what that is. Is someone hurting you? Is someone um, yeah. sabotaging the relationship? Is someone doing things that you, you definitely offer grace to, but you want you need to deal with it? And so that's the value aspect. That it actually yeah. may be a train, two train tracks running along the side, the side by side. So one is different than the other. Grace 
can be different than standards. I would call that values. Do we have similar Mm -hmm. values? Are we putting certain things um, as Mm -hmm. a priority? And we, there's definitely a line to be drawn when someone's not treating us the way, the way that would even be healthy when someone is hurting us, when, you know, grace and abuse, you know, we, we say if, if a woman's being abused, no, you, you yeah. run the other direction, you deal with it, you voice it, you find safety. That's not something you just say, oh, I'm offering lots of grace to. So that's an exaggerated example of, but if there's a situation, and that's where you, you may, someone may be so, you feel like you're meant for someone, but, but you keep running into situations that um, are not affirming of you, that those are things that need to be dealt with. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I answered that's that good. line, because I think it's fuzzy yeah, but it's no, it's also good. different cuz grace <laughs> is different than a standard than a value. Yeah. No, I think that's a great I think that's a great answer. Yeah. And I always go back helpful. to all behavior has great. purpose <laughs> cuz what's the reason for the behavior? Yeah. Is someone just tripping along the way or is huh. there something underneath that's driving that right. behavior? Yeah. Well, I think too like you could be such a great person but yeah. not relationally right. mature and like there, it doesn't mean you're not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or someone's a bad person. It just right. means there's like, there's right. growth to be had in an area. Um, so yeah. And that I would even say yeah, that a there's a muddied point. water with <laughs> loyalty in that too, because you think, Oh, I should be loyal. Huh. Well, yeah. there, I'm not sure there's a should be loyal. There should offer grace, but that doesn't mean I have to keep going back to a negative situation. Um, so that loyal, the idea of loyalty, um, um, yeah, is kind of sticky as well. I want to be loyal. I'm a very loyal person. Once you're my friend, once you're, you know, it, I've been a friend for a while. Yeah. I mean, I call people who I've known for 50 years and, but that doesn't mean I'm going to hold someone accountable for behavior. So Nancy, we just kind of, as we wrap up our season here and series on being well, um, I think we really did save the best for last, um, but pursuing health and wellness in all areas of life. Do you have any sort of overarching nugget of wisdom as it comes to having and maintaining healthy relationships that you'd want to leave us with? So one of the things I like to say is when you're doing the work of God, life is an adventure. So when, uh, because my faith is so critical to who I am, and under my, it, um, it is basically the support to everything. Um, I run all relationships by the Lord. Um, so if I think that mental health, if I take that and apply that to mental health and healthy relationships, that my life with the Lord, with people, is going to be an adventure, it's not all going to be perfect. Because you know, I'm going to run into all different kinds of things. So aside from the details that we um, talked about in mental health, I really feel like um, I like being up for the adventure. I'm up for dealing with hard stuff. I'm up to loving people well. And, And then knowing that I have to work on my own things to be strong, secure, courageous, so I'm healthy with other people. And, um, and so this understanding where I stand is 
I, I don't think it's it's frivolous. I think it's really critical to know who you are and to work yeah. on yourself so you can love others well. Mm-hmm. But also realize it's an adventure. And so God has us on this great adventure. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be um, messy many, many times. But stick with it yeah. and um, look at it that way. And not just as the ups and downs, but as a cool adventure that you're on. That's great. Well, Nancy, I needed this encouragement so badly. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. You so know, my good. if I have one uh, last thought, um, my life yeah. mission is to influence the influencers to live sold out lives for God. And so the idea that um, I'm working on myself to be my best self, but I really I want to see other people soar. I want to be I see other people go to Moldova and just help the people of Moldova. I want to yeah. see other people go to Ukraine and Rwanda, Africa and Uganda and Wherever they are going, um, I just can't yeah. wait to influence and just, you know, encourage them to soar in their own gifts um, wherever it takes them. So good. I love that. And you definitely do that with us, with me, with our whole team. So thank you so much for all that you've poured into Gather. And um, we just honor you and, and lift you up and just thank love you. what you're doing and love who you are. So thank, thank you. you. But Thank you for joining us and to all of our listeners too. Thank you for tuning in for this whole season. I hope that you've learned so many new things, so many wonderful things about health. I hope that you are taking them and putting them in your pocket and putting them into practice. Um, it has been such a wonderful season to just learn and to, to dig deep on this topic. So thank you, Nancy, for closing us out and just for to Morgan for co-hosting with me and uh, just, yeah, we love you girls listening, boys listening, um, all of you. So thank you so much. And we will see you back here on the podcast soon. So stay tuned for our next season and all of those updates. To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our Gather news on our Instagram at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye Gather Girls!